You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 136. Let's get to the show. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. It's been a little bit since I've been on the microphone. Been a little bit. I know I introduced you all to a guest in the last episode, and we talked about cognitive dissonance in the episode before that. And today, I really feel like I've been seeking the perfect episode to open up the conversation that we're going to have today. And I've come to the realization that the perfect episode around this subject doesn't exist. And no matter how hard I try to formulate it in my head or write it out in my notes or figure out what to say or what not to say, and you know what could possibly hurt people's feelings if they listen to this. And while I will have a modicum of respect towards those in my life who I've had some issues with recently, I also realized that the purpose of this show is to expand the mind and, and to work us through the sobriety to recovery journey and, and to get us all feeling as if we are opening up ourselves to the vulnerability that comes from expressing who we are to others. And that is why today's subject is going to be about conflict avoidance. Now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination going to be able to cover this topic as extensively as I would like in the current state that I'm in because I'm still very much evolving through my conflict avoidance. I'm still reeling for months of avoiding particular conflicts in my own life that have led to rejection moments. Um, massive change is happening on my end that I will alert you all to as it starts to become uh, more formulated and real in my life. But for quite some time now, I have been seeking an idea of where this journey of mine would take me. And I have absolutely decided that leaving Los Angeles and leaving Southern California is where my journey is heading. It's where the purpose and in, in all of this has been leading me toward. And I didn't know it when it started, but I certainly know it now. And why conflict avoidance is the subject today, and normally I pace back and forth when I do our episodes, but today I'm just sitting on the couch and just really seeking centeredness around this subject because there's so much going on. And I just shot the College Success Habits podcast right before this one on the same subject, but with a lot, it's going to be a completely different material around this. So if you really want to dive in deeper and hear what I have to say around conflict avoidance um, for a completely different uh, group of people, I would highly recommend you go listen to College Success Habits episode 115 to hear how I framed it for those in the higher education world. For those of us in the addiction recovery world, however, I often think that we have already suffered through years and years and years of conflict avoidance. Like, let's just take the traditional college student, 18 to 25. They've been doing certain levels of conflict avoidance their whole lives. 
most of the time, probably to avoid conflict with their own parents. And then we get into middle school and high school, which is just a hotbed of emotionally unintelligent humans <laughs> interacting with each other on a regular occasions and a regular basis. And we become even more prone to avoiding conflict. Or when we do step straight into the conflict, it's with anger and rage and vitriol and spite and jealousy. And that's kind of behavior, that kind of way of handling those emotions for years and years and years uh, is what leads us into the, let's say, collegiate age, 18 to 25, where all of a sudden um, we're start hanging out with older people. Alcohol and drugs are more readily available. Hell, for a lot of y'all, alcohol and drugs were readily available at 11. So you were getting a taste of it way earlier than you, uh, I mean, no one should be exposed to heinous drugs and alcohol at any age where they can have the opportunity to abuse them and turn it into addiction, but certainly not at that young of an age when emotional intelligence is just non-existent in 99.999% of the people at 11 years old to even know how to handle their emotions, let alone to know that, hey, I got a good idea. Maybe I'll drink this drink and I'll do these drugs and then I can really mute my emotions. But it happens. And at this young age, we start to realize that bottling up our emotions and pushing them down is better than stepping into the conflict and being rejected or yelled at or chastised. And then the older we get, the more we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing them down and then alcohol and drugs are introduced into the mix and then it's just a fucking hellfire free for all. At no point have I ever insinuated on this show or even at my live events or people I speak with that I got all this figured out. There is no figuring all this out. You don't figure out all of sobriety. You don't figure out all of recovery. You don't figure out all of life. Tony Robbins is much heralded as like one of the highest up personal growth and development people in the industry. And just, I mean, he's, it's like Deepak Chopra. It's like uh, Mahatma Gandhi. It's these, I'm not saying that Tony Robbins and Chopra are Mahatma Gandhi, but their names in this country, people who aren't even into personal growth and development or spirituality or Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever Mahatma Gandhi was into. I know he was into like peaceful protests and stuff of that nature. And even that I could be butchering. I'm not a Mahatma Gandhi expert, okay? Let's just reel it in. <laughs> the point is, is those names are extremely familiar to most people who aren't even that interested in what those people stand for. And even those people have problems. Even those people who lead massive groups of people toward the quote-unquote promised land still have their own issues they're dealing with. And conflict avoidance is going to be something that even they have to work through. I give you that example so that you can really begin to harness the energy inside of you that allows you to open your mind to the fact that there is no figuring all of this out, that there's an ebb and flow. There are good days and there are not so good days. Our goal here is to combine and to get multiple good days, turning into multiple good weeks, turning into multiple good months, into good years, 
And if we set the bar at, at least I didn't drink today, at least I didn't do drugs today, that's a great bar when you first start off, and I will in no way insinuate that it's not. Hell, even at 33 years or 333 days, getting through another day of not drinking, I mean, that's, it's always a win. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. And I will say that till the day I die. But at some point, we have to start setting the bar higher for what we expect from ourselves. Not what we expect from other people, because no matter how much love and kindness and compassion we, we throw at somebody, we offer somebody, we lovingly gaze into their eyes and willingly accept every one of their things into our life, we will never be able to control how somebody else reacts and responds to who we are, what we do, what we think, what we say, the actions and the behaviors and the results that we get from all of that. We can't control them. We can only seek to control ourselves. And even in the word control, right? we think of like, he tries to control me or having a video game controller where you can you can be in command of every single move. A lot of our behaviors, a lot of our actions, a lot of our thoughts and feelings are, are coming at us from the unconscious mind. So we're not even technically aware that we're making them, that we're doing them until they're brought into the conscious awareness. And sitting in that seat of awareness is not the easiest place for us all to find. It is not the easiest place for us all to uncover. Discovering that level of awareness in ourselves is this ebb and flow that I speak about. It is the consistent progression toward it that I desire for myself. I desire for you. Thinking that you'll ever have it all figured out is setting yourself up for that failure that will actually have you feeling like a failure rather than feeling like someone who just got some great feedback who that can now take said feedback, learn from, apply it a different way, and then evaluate the results at the, at the end of it. I know I use a lot of NLP-driven language, and I say there is no failure, there's only feedback and things of that nature, but there are absolutely things, behaviors, thoughts, feelings that you can do, actions you can take a part in, that will have you walking out of that situation feeling like a failure. Your level and your ability to shrug it off, or not even shrug it off, because that's sort of like it doesn't matter. It does matter. But So your level and ability to stop, be in the moment, evaluate what just happened, ask yourself, literally, what did I just experience? Ask yourself, what would I rather have had the experience of, and then now what can my my actions and my feelings and my thoughts do to lead me toward this more desired outcome? It is that level of self-awareness that I am consistently, day in and day out, seeking from myself. And when I have conflict avoidance in my life, What I'm doing is I'm stopping that growth opportunity in its tracks, and I'm actually deciding to go back to behaviors that I had turned into expert-level actions as an addict. 
holding my tongue, not speaking my voice, not being my true self. These were the behaviors of addicted Jesse. And I want to be very clear before I dive too much deeper into conflict avoidance and how we can begin to work through it. I want to be very clear about something. There's a difference between avoiding conflict and being a dick. There's a difference between avoiding conflict and being polite. Somebody cuts you off in the grocery store and asks the deli clerk for a half a pound of t- potato salad ahead of you when clearly your number in your hand says 17 and theirs says 18. And then yelling at them because Jesse said, don't avoid conflict. That's not what I'm talking about. You're being a dick in that moment. Yeah, were they a dick first? Perhaps. Perhaps they just didn't know you were ahead of them and they just made a simple mistake that could be remedied with some polite interaction. Chasing down a car that cuts you off and pulling up side by side with them, rolling down your window and yelling explicatives toward them isn't you showing me and yourself that you know how not to avoid conflict. It's you being an a-hole. It's whatever is happening around you You have the choice of saying, is it a five-second thing that I feel and I move through, or is it something that I let explode and get bigger? Now, we don't... Well, hold on. Let me just stop. I I could start to dive more into conflict avoidance, and then I'm going to forget to make this point perfectly clear. So let me make this point perfectly clear. There is a difference between being polite and not stepping straight into conflict. There's a difference between conflict avoidance and being a dick. You need to make sure that you're self-aware enough to know that you speaking your mind in that moment isn't you being extremely rude towards somebody else. Wanting to talk about something because it's extremely important to you right then and there in that moment without first clearing it with the other person that it's a good time for them is you basically just thrusting your problem into their life. And they might very well need to discuss this with you. You might very well want them to discuss this with you, but is it the most advantageous time? Today, in fact, I wanted to talk to somebody about something that was going on, but I could see that they were busy and they were hurried. So I said, hey, we might be able to you know, piece apart 10 minutes. I just something I want to invite you into that I've been thinking about that I'd like to discuss. They said, hey, yeah, later on this afternoon would be much better for me. I'm like, perfect. I'll reach out to you then. I could have just thrusted my issue straight into their face, but they already had 15 other things going on. It was my opportunity to step outside of myself and say, how could I meet them where they're at and make sure that this is the best time for them to be perfectly present for what it is I want to discuss? Stepping into something with a a uh, very attached emotionally triggered state within yourself is a surefire way for what you're getting ready to talk about with that person to be rejected. And being rejected is exactly what we're looking to avoid when we avoid conflict. So I think I've made my point about polite and rude and conflict avoidance. Be very aware where Sometimes avoiding conflict with a stranger on the street because they bumped into you or they stepped on your shoe and just nod and being like, no worries. And, you know, hopefully they say they're sorry and then you move on. Not yelling at them, no, I got to go home and clean my shoe. You're an asshole. Like, how's that going to help the situation? All right, so I've covered that. We Were we good? Do, do we fully get that, right? I, okay, I feel a lot of you nodding your heads. 
right? If we need to discuss politeness versus rudeness in another episode, by all means, I we're going to do like 15,000 more of these episodes. I'm going to eventually need to cover every topic 17 times over. I will come back to this one. I promise you in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about conflict avoidance ad infinitum because I've got, is that the right way of saying that? Hmm. Discombobulated Jesse on the microphone, not sure of everything he's going to say. Let's get back to the point here. <laughs> Conflict avoidance. <laughs> I told you there's no such thing as a perfect episode. So, understanding how avoiding conflict can be jeopardizing your sanity is extremely important. And that's why we're bringing it to the microphone and we're doing this imperfect episode because I've got to get this stuff out of my head. I have been avoiding a certain level of conflict with certain people in my life for quite some time. And what ends up happening when you avoid conflict with people that you love and that are very close to you is that you start to have these little resistances to things that you want to talk about. And the more and more time that goes by and the more of these little resistances that build up and it could be locking the door taking out the garbage walking the dog it could be socks on the floor it could be uh, text messages made phone calls made it could be dinner dates arranged it could be money spent I mean it could be infinite levels of things but the more that is happening around you with someone that you interact with on a regular basis, perhaps even love. And the more things that you don't discuss that are grinding your gears, the more and more and more of these little resistances that you have, as they begin to add up, it's like they're little tiny bricks that are getting mortared down. And the more and more and more of them that occur, then eventually resentment starts to build up. And once resentment is found root within you towards somebody, if you don't have a conversation with them, seeking to move through it, seeking to resolve it, then it's just going to continue to build. I know, I know a lot of people, and including I, have said, hey, sometimes you just got to release things. And yes, there are certain things that you can release. And by now, 135, 136 episodes in, you know the things that you can release and you know the things that you actually need to discuss in order to be able to move through. Certain things absolutely can be released. Other things, the more they poke, the more they poke. Maybe they were easy to release at the beginning, and now you're like five, six, seven months or years in, and you're like, I can't release this anymore. I've got to get it out. But if you've been holding on to it from month five, and now you're in year five, man, that is a long time to be living with that resentment. And the more this resentment builds up, the more it will ultimately lead to a rejection confrontation. And here's the thing about conflict avoidance. One of the primary reasons we as humans do it is that we want to avoid the rejection that comes from discussing the conflict and perhaps having our voice, our opinion, our side of the story being rejected by the other person. I hear you don't want socks left on the floor anymore, but you know what? I just want to leave my socks on the floor. It's, I, I've always wanted to do it. I told myself when I was an adult, I was going to leave my socks on the floor. And guess what? I'm an adult, so now I'm leaving my socks on the floor. And if you don't like it, suck it. 
Right, well now our whole please don't leave your socks on the floor conversation just got tossed back at us. Now we feel rejected. So there's a little bit of an emotional charge in us which could lead to a triggering which all of a sudden means that we're barking back, well, you do this and you do this. And now they're barking back, well, you do this and you do this. And tit for tat and tat for tit and titty for tatty and tatty for tit. And it's like nothing gets resolved. And now you're just yelling and now... All of a sudden, you've stepped straight into that rejection that you were seeking to avoid. That's the story we're all creating in our head, that that's what's going to happen if we seek to avoid the conflict, or I'm sorry, if we seek to step into the conflict. All of what I just described. I'm going to bring up the socks on the floor. You're going to say I leave the spoon in the sink. You're going to say that you're always late to our appointments. I'm going to say that you don't listen to me when I talk. You're going to say that I'm the reason why... why deep dish pizza is so fattening, and then it's just going to become this vicious circle loop. That's what we're imagining in our heads, but that keeps us from resolving the conflict, is that we're going to have this tit-for-tat moment. And that very well may happen, but I will absolutely, positively tell you what will happen if you continue to avoid conflict. These resistances will turn into resentments, and these resentments will escalate and escalate and escalate into the point where they get to an absolute rejection conference confrontation. And then the rejection you were seeking to avoid by not ever bringing up the conflict to begin with now has turned into an atomic bomb rejection moment. What could have simply been a fly swatter smacking you on the leg has turned into an atomic bomb moment in your life because you were unwilling to step into the conflict resolution when it was actively happening at the beginning. A lot of this stuff happens in relationships and friendships. We first get into a relationship or a friendship. You know, we don't want to piss the person off or seem like we're nitpicky. So we don't bring up these little things that are starting to bother us. Then it's a month or two in. And then we think, well, if I bring it up now, they're just going to think I was a dick for not bringing it up then. So I'm just going to keep living with it. And then a few days turn into the weeks and of this little thing poking at you. And you're like, nah, it's too new. I'm not going to screw with it. And then two or three months, well, you know, now that I've just been doing it for so long, yeah, maybe it's even cute. Well, what you think is cute at month two or three will definitely not be cute at year two or three. And now, having that conversation at the beginning that you avoided, now is going to come full circle and it's going to hit you head on like a Mack truck going 80 down a Montana highway probably faster than 80 because I'm pretty sure they don't even have speed limits out in the middle of nowhere in Montana. (laughs) So why is it important to have the tough conversation early on rather than later on? Because either way it's going to happen, but how much anger and, and spite and vitriol is going to come out can absolutely be reduced by stepping into the conversation at the early stages and not holding on to the resistances and the resentment because they will continue to screw down deeper and deeper into your brain. They will take deeper and deeper root to the point where even a Mach 5 tornado will not be able to unroot this resentment that you have towards this person. And whether it's warranted or unwarranted from you toward them is not for me or for anyone else to judge. Your feelings are valid because you're having them but your inability to bring them up in a conversation where they can be resolved is absolutely on you. And people can find fault in that. 
People certainly can find fault in my avoidance of conflict over the last few months with them. And in fact, in some cases for the last year, if not longer with them, they can absolutely find fault in that. I find fault in that. I want you to to realize that right now, Jesse Mogul, the person you've been listening to for 135 episodes, has definitely screwed up some shit over the last year or so with some people that are very important to him by not discussing things that were bothering him. And I will stop talking about myself in the third person and just let you know that I'm, I'm very, very disappointed in me. I never thought I would have it all figured out, but I at least thought I had figured out open, honest, loving communication. And I'm finding with certain people It's not happening the way that I thought it was. I've felt incongruent throughout most of this year around certain subjects I would talk to uh, about on the podcast or things I would coach about. I couldn't quite put my finger on it completely. I had an inkling, had an idea of what was bothering me, what was troubling me. It wasn't completely hidden in the unconscious mind, but it wasn't completely lit up by the conscious mind either. It was sort of in this purgatory where I thought, I could work it out. I could still figure it out. Maybe it's not what I think it is. Maybe it's something different. So let me just keep talking to myself in my head and maybe I'll figure it out. The primary issue I was having is that I was having all these conversations in my head with myself and the other 87 versions of me rather than discussing it directly with the person who I was being bothered by in this interaction. Have you done that? Like, I know you're nodding your head. I know you've done that. And when I say I have 87 versions of me in my head, right, there's like the communicative Jesse, there's the over, um, overactive Jesse, there's the ADD Jesse, there's the, there's the uh, obsessive Jesse, there's the talks too much Jesse, there's the really shy Jesse, right? Like there's all these different versions. Imagine we're like video game characters, but it's, we're always the same character's name, but we just keep changing outfits. Like that's what we have inside of our head. We've got the physical fitness Jesse, who sometimes is uh, having his his objectives sort of sent off a little kilter by, I want to eat Oreos all the time, Cookie Monster Jesse. Well, we've got the person who wants to talk all the time and wants to communicate openly, being overridden by the person who's afraid that their side of the story is going to get rejected. And what ends up happening is the rejection conversation happens anyways. But now instead of it being small and, and, and possibly worked through, so much is built up that there's no other choice but to completely reboot the whole damn thing. And this time we're holding down control T or whatever the key would be and we're going to completely rewrite the code. And that's why we're talking about conflict avoidance today. I want you guys to join me on this mission, on this journey of seeking to become conflict resolvent rather than conflict avoidant. We were not going to be looking to string 14 years straight of conflict resolution over conflict avoidant into our lives. We're not even going to put that level of pressure on ourselves. We're just looking for each day for us to see where we're avoiding conflict and to seek to step into the tough conversation, possibly right then. And if not, at least alert the person to the fact that we would like to have a conversation soon. Stringing these days, and look, if you have 14 days in a row of really good conflict resolution, and then you have one day where you avoid some conflict, you're not back at day one 
you simply will start back up the next day because you didn't really fall down. You just stopped. Now the next day, just start again. You're not stuck. You're standing still. You didn't fall down. You just stopped. Move the next day. And then the next day, you've got 15 out of 16 days where you've been really good with conflict resolution. And you might have three or four not so great days, and then you have three or four really good days, and now you're at 27 of 34 possible great days of conflict resolution. We're looking for each day to be its own version of a win. We're not looking to stream together years and years and years of conflict resolution because at some point, it's just going to happen. You're going to naturally want to avoid the conflict, and when you start to feel or see, or hear these little resistances starting to show up regularly, that's your sign, that's the alert to step into the resolution of the conflict. Resistance, resentment, rejection. It happens on a daily basis. Now, I do want you to have the self-awareness in your own mind to understand, is it an actual conflict Is it real conflict or is it something that you're creating in your head? That's going to take some more self-awareness. Self-awareness is something that we're talking a lot about over the last 30, 40 episodes because it's something that I've really been coaching hard, hard with my tribe this year about self-awareness. I can stack NLP sequence and pattern upon sequence and pattern upon you. But if you're not self-aware enough to notice the changes and the shifts in your behavior, then you won't even know if it's working or not. And then when I ask you what's changed in your life, and you're like, meh, nothing really. Well, that's not helping because every single day we're changing. So we have to be self-aware to notice the changes, whether they're forward or perceived to be backward. There is no failure. There's only feedback. I'm not seeing this avoidance of conflict over the last year as a failure as much as I'm seeing it as a feedback for how to behave better in the future. Is it unfortunate that there are some people who were caught in the explosion? Absolutely. It was not my intention to hurt others through my avoidance of conflict. There are repercussions. There are always consequences to our actions. It doesn't thrill me that I've hurt people in my avoidance of conflict. It wasn't my intention. But it is what happened. So like we would do if we were in step work, right? we seek to make amends. We seek to apologize where we can. We seek to determine within ourselves where we will no longer tolerate that kind of behavior in ourselves. And we promise ourselves to do better the next time. Task your unconscious mind to notice where you're avoiding conflict. Literally say this sentence, unconscious mind, I task you to notice where I avoid conflict. And once you're starting to notice where you're avoiding conflict, then say, unconscious mind, I task you to step into conflict resolution. And watch how your body language and your thoughts and your feelings will start to lead you toward the actions of resolving the conflict rather than avoiding it. There are behaviors called schema that we learn at an unconscious level from everyone around us from the moment we come out the 
birth canal all the way through our entire lives we're taking on these little unconscious things from our entire environment but we absolutely are absorbing them at a just a miraculous rate at a very young age so there are probably behaviors that you have unconsciously been a part of for years that you're not even aware are guiding you it's within the self-awareness that we are beginning beginning to habituate where we will notice these things and when we start to continuously find ourselves having results that don't serve us, that, that disappoint us with about ourselves, that's where we need to start asking ourselves, okay, well, what led to this? What happened before? What happened before? What happened before and before and before? Keep going back one more step. Reverse engineer it all the way to the beginning so you can figure out where this conflict avoidance started in your life. If you don't think you can do this on your own, then absolutely reach out to me on Instagram at From Sobriety to Recovery, at Jesse Mogul. Get in the tribe, get into some group or one-on-one coaching, and we can help discover this in you because I have definitely deep-dived into my head, and I absolutely have figured out where mine starts to stem from. At a very young age, three or four years old, my stepdad was a tall, towering man. And while he spanked me with the belt when I got of age to know what that I had done something wrong and he had told me at the consequence of you doing this thing wrong again as you get the belt I got the belt aside from that not a really abusive person he was unemotional he shut down he absolutely avoided conflict because I didn't want to suffer his wrath of that look or of the chastising I would avoid conflict with him too so around males, I understand that it's, again, everything seems to go back to mommy and daddy issues, right? <laughs> For all of us, I hear that so so often. It's like, oh, well, my mom used to do this, or my dad used to do that. I'm like, yep, yep, just add it. Throw it in the pile of mommy or throw it in the pile of daddy issues. Don't worry. That's a pile that never seems to stop growing. But we can start to clean through it. I know that I have an issue com- with... Uh, conflict with females because my mother was sick a lot when I was a child and I didn't want to bring conflict into her life when she was seemingly always in and out of a hospital. But that's not the world I live in now. I'm a 45-year-old man now. I make my own decisions. I pay my own bills. I take care of myself and my own life. I have a voice and it's time that I start to use it. You have a voice. It's time that you start to use it. I know we've covered discovering your own voice in sobriety and recovery. I know that episode exists out there. Kaylin, you're my, you're my Wikipedia about my show. Perhaps you can point that one out to me. But I know we have discussed discovering your own voice. And it is absolutely imperative that you discover your own voice. You step into conflict resolution rather than avoidance. And you come to terms with the fact that you either have a tough conversation now or you have the A-bomb atomic explosion of all conversations later that could lead to rejection where there is no coming back, where there is only the reboot, where there is only the start over. I promise you moving forward that I will be seeking ways of resolving my conflict with those that I have conflict with rather than hiding from it and avoiding it. All the NLP in the world will not stop us from having conflicts with people. The book or the the quote, don't sweat the small stuff, it's all small stuff. I don't know how that person ever made it through without having humongous arguments with people because the small stuff are the resistances that one day turn into the resentments 
and the rejection walls that we put up around ourselves. It would be great to think that we could just let all resistances off of our back like water and ducks, but it doesn't work that way. There are certain things that bother us because at a, at a core level, it is something that we have chosen not to do or we have chosen to do and somebody else doesn't do it. And it really, really bothers us because it's, it's attached to our core principles. It's attached to our core behaviors and our morals and ethics and values. And when someone starts poking at that level of core value within ourselves, it's going to bring about a conflict. And avoiding it is not the answer. When you feel a charge within yourself, that is when it's time to take charge. Whether it's a desirable or undesirable charge, that is regardless. When you feel the charge, take charge. Step in to the uncomfortable conversation. Open it up by saying that you would like to be vulnerable and you would like to discuss something that's really important to you at a very heart, core-centered way. Say what you have to say succinctly and openly and honestly and give that person space and freedom to respond and have it be coming toward you and received by you with loving embrace. That they have their experiences that have led them to behave and act and think and feel this way. And you have your experiences that have led you to think and feel and act and experience life in a particular way. You will never have this all figured out. But we can absolutely make the promise to ourselves to be aware and mindful. To keep figuring it out as best we can each and every day. That's my promise to you. Say it out loud with me. I promise you to. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life because I woke up sober. Look, if you guys want to be a part of the tribe, if you want to like some one-on-one coaching, If you'd like to really step into your highest sense of self and really get your journey going with a supercharged tribe and version of me, then hit me up at Jesse Mogul at From Sobriety to Recovery on Instagram. I'm over there on TikTok at Jesse Mogul. You can always email me from sobriety to recovery at Gmail. It could not be any easier to remember. I'm getting ready to do some really great stuff going into 2022. If you would like to know more about it, if you'd like to become a part of it now at the ground level, at the ground stages, then reach out, stand up, raise your hand and let me know. I will call on you. I know it can be extremely vulnerable and really stepping outside of your perceived comfort zone to reach out to me. I was recently told that. And for you, my newest tribe member, I commend you for having the courage and the fortitude to reach out. Talk about internal motivation. So if you're out there thinking you don't know if you're ready, if you think you don't know if you can afford this, if you're thinking I don't know and then whatever comes after that, you won't know until you talk to me. I don't bite, I promise. Just reach out. Let me know that you're thinking about this. Answer a couple questions I send back to you. Then let's hop on a call and let's see where we can get you to. I don't force anyone anywhere. You desire to take this journey with me. 
you actively choose to join the tribe. And if that's something you've been thinking about, it's high time you stop avoiding that conflict and you resolve it today. Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.